It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, originally titled Trapping It Out, aired on Patreon back on April 2nd of 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Shall we start on number two? Whenever you're ready. What are we going to talk about? All right. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. You know what? Before we do that, I'm going to go refill my hot tea real fast. Go fill your hot tea. And since how I'm at home, it's not that far to the kitchen. <laughs> Eric says, we're, we're rolling. You can put that on. So, Ken, no. my tea today okay. is going to be infused not really infused it's going to be overloaded with jerobombra honey oh that i bet that's good mm-hmm. are you drinking earl gray or what are you drinking no more of the mint tea out of the garden oh, okay so for everybody out there listening to us all the the strange things and sounds and whatnot is uh as you heard on monday's episode we are telecommuting and doing remote broadcasting mm-hmm. due to covid and and all of the constraints and stuff on everything so i am at home and i'm currently in the kitchen stirring a nice fresh hot cup of tea with uh some honey in it and <laughs> there's background noises and you know the microphones may pick up conversations in the background and whatnot so you guys are, are going to get to hear a whole different side of how how life is on the on the podcast <laughs> now uh since you're using using urban honey australian urban honey are you gonna have an accent no probably not oh, okay. um i mean you ate the whole thing on your biscuits and the biscuits didn't make you talk like an englishman and the, the honey didn't make you talk like an aussie so i, I just got to know uh i want a seed blend of seeds from Jera, what is it? What's the neighborhood? What's the area? <laughs> Jerobombra. Jerobombra. I want the seeds from Jerobombra so I can raise that honey. And because that is just too good. I mean, a honey that tastes like Werther's butterscotch. <laughs> that is just, yeah. that's evil that we don't have it in the States. <laughs> you know the funny thing is going to be if uh, if we did get like an entire plant list, the only thing on there that may be different may be some of the the trees or like the eucalyptus or tea tree or something, mm-hmm. and everything else is going to be you know like these very common things like the rosemary plant and bush and things like that. And you're going to be like, what? <laughs> like, I tell you, what, it is that flavor is just so wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's tasty. Good. So, um, you know, we we joked about it briefly on the last episode and uh, talked about it on. Uh, I did put the little Instagram post out there for everybody, but you did totally get your truck stuck, and oh, yes, that I was uh, th- that was very entertaining. And it wasn't hmm. even like a le- like a legit stuck as far as like sinking in the mud. You actually drove into a hole that pretty much engulfed one entire tire yeah yeah. (laughs) knew the hole was there it was wet it had uh it had rained earlier but i don't think 
it had rained that day, but it was the grass was wet. I don't know if it's a heavy dew, and I don't have good tires. My tires are no good. On those tires. They don't have. They're not. They're, they're road tires. They don't have the tread they, that you need to get in the mud. <laughs> they look. They look more like racing tires. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like, they're two hundred. They mile have a very low tires. profile tread to them. Yeah, they're two hundred mile an hour tires. That's what yeah, they are. like your truck needs to go that fast. <laughs> It, and no, it won't yeah. because I haven't uh, taken out the uh, the deal that won't let it go over a hundred. Oh, it has a governor in it. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, Max was uh, Max was thoroughly uh, enthused with all of that, and he talked about how because I had to drive him back over. I had my truck there. We had your truck there, and we didn't have the chain. And my truck wasn't four wheel drive either, so I wasn't sure that that, that was going to be of any help. And uh, he was really tempted to go get uh, your wife's pickup to pull you out just to, uh, you know, pour salt on the wound. But he ended up just bringing his pickup and the logging chain. And, and it really, it didn't even take a lot of, it just needed no. the extra pressure. Um, so he just basically pulled the chain taut. And then as you slowly gave it gas, the truck just came right back up out of the hole. But mm-hmm. uh, on its own accord, it was too wet and slick and it just wouldn't move. But nope. It was entertaining. We got it on film. We were recording everything out there that day for the training videos. So I figured, why not? It's yeah. part of what happened. We'll put it yeah. in there. No, that's part of uh, putting in uh, uh, packages, folks. You have to get your truck stuck to do it right. You know, I mean, it's it's part of beekeeping all the way around. Um, when you were talking to your friend Tim and he got to be part of the Pollinators movie, uh, he said, yeah, 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 my scene is the one where the pickup is stuck and they're using two forklifts to try to pull yep. it out. <laughs> yeah, his truck was stuck and they're using two forklifts to pull it out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. See, so I mean, it happens. That's just beekeeping. That's part of life. And you know, this has been this this. You know, we started this back in January of last year. This this journey, and it has to me. I know it's just everyday thing for you, but to me, I've learned so much that. You know, at first it was, well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to have a few bees and, you know, I was going to have a flow hive, which John hadn't put together yet. And don't blame that on me, dude. I only have it because you didn't put it together for an entire okay, year. Well, okay. <laughs> don't blame it on me. Cause I, it's just too hard, but, uh, no, <laughs> but, but now, you know, here I was just going to have a flow hive and a Langstroth and a top bar. And yep. now... Let's see. I've got. Oh, well, I'll have. Well, right off the bat, you ended up with two top bars. Yeah. And two lane, three lane, two lane straths. And then you got two more lane straths. <laughs> and then you got the swarm. And then you got another small swarm. And then you got a cutout that somebody had given you. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> no, no. it just kept growing. Yeah. And now we've got nine. We had nine of the original colonies. We split two of them. So that made 11. Then we put two packages in. That made 13. Now we've got a colony we took out of a meter box, water meter box. So now we got 14. And we have nine more coming, so we're fixing to have 23 colonies. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is not counting 
you know, you and Max went out there and you did your first removal from a little water meter valve box. Yep. And uh, now all of a sudden I'm getting all these influx of calls and photos and questions from you and Max both. And you guys have gotten yourself into a little bit of a, a pickle as far as all of the different circumstances and things that you guys now have to look at. You've got a tree that you're trying to figure out how to get bees out from. There's uh, bees underneath the house. There's bees inside of a hunting cabin. There's, <laughs> well, <laughs> you have now a laundry list of potential challenges. The, the bees in the tree are out in a uh, pasture and they're cleaning all the brush off of it. And they're going to basically burn that tree. They're going to push all the brush up to it, throw diesel on it, throw a match in it, and they're going to burn it. And uh, the guy that owns the place, he says, well, maybe Ken wants them. And, oh, and they took us out there, and I'm sitting there, okay, we can cut this, and we can cut that, and take that out, and then cut it in half, and then open it up, find the queen. Uh, and John says, do you know how many bees are going to be on you when you stick that chainsaw on that tree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, doing removals, just for everybody's knowledge out there, it doesn't matter if you're wearing nitrile gloves. It doesn't matter if you're wearing leather gloves. Jorge can tell you it doesn't matter if you're wearing leather gloves with nitrile gloves over the top of them. The bees are going to sting you in the hands when you're using power tools through the gloves a lot. And, you know, that's the, the main force and, and source of the vibration. And they're going to go right to it. They're going to start stinging that. They recognize the, the leather is flesh. And you'll have hundreds of stingers in the leather. And out of those, easily 20 or 30 of them are going to go through and get you. And you spend just as much time trying to scrape stingers out as you do trying to get the rest of your work done. And then, you know, that's not counting anybody else that's in the vicinity. Um, if your suit isn't sealed up correctly, they're absolutely gonna get inside there. If your face touches your veil, they're gonna sting you through that. Um, it, is a, it is a challenge and they don't appreciate, you know, especially a gas powered chainsaw. You've got something that vibrates, it makes a lot of noise, it's spewing fumes and it's shaking their entire colony. So. They don't respond well to that. <laughs> so be forewarned. It's not going to be a pretty task. No. Uh, and so so now I uh, went over and looked at the one that's underneath the house. Well, since I told him how to pretty much, he was just basically, he, he says, well, I, I got to get rid of these bees. I can't come in my backyard. I said, well, okay, well, you need to seal them up with, I told him you need to use steel wool, and he did, and and so when I decided, well, I'm going to go do a trap out, went over there, and he's already got it all sealed up. And, uh, basically, I think the bees have probably deceased on their own. I don't think they had a lot of stores, John. I don't think. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm not going to mess yeah, with it would have been. It would have been one that had you gotten there and he had not actually done anything yet, you could have already set it up and, and worked to do the trap out on it. But mm -hmm. He actually was a little bit more proactive than anybody thought he would be. And yep. when you told him that, he went ahead and did it. So they had been about a week, week and a half, already locked in and sealed up. And not very many bees were moving around. So attempting a trap out at that point was probably pointless. So we're going to do a trap out on the tree. And <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm probably going to put one of my swarm traps right beside the entrance. And we'll just uh, uh, use uh, uh, screws. You screw it to the tree.
because they're made to hang. And yeah, I'm just, and then we'll do, you know, the funnel, turn the funnel up and put a little swarm commander in the, in the eight frame or the, the five frame to stack five frame nuke box and see what happens and see how many come in there and and i i I told everybody i said anybody got any uh tips for me on a trap out and brett our brother from another mother down under he's already sent me uh what to do and it probably makes sense, but he says, Ken, you've got to get bees out of it. You need to smoke them a little bit, make the bees come out, get them on comb, then put those uh, with the bees on the comb in the box. And I'm sitting there. That sounds easy, but I don't think it will be. No. And part of, part of what he's saying there is actually what we call a forced abscond, mm-hmm. where you, you try to chase the bees out of there. And that's actually a different process than a, than a trap out per se. But the trap out... The basically the concept of a trap out for everybody is you you build a funnel uh, usually out of like a wire or a mesh screen mm-hmm. and you build the funnel so that it comes out and it comes to a small point that the bees can come out of but then they can't get back into it and it kind of works like the reverse of of one of those wasp and hornet traps where they go down inside there to get to the stuff but then can't get back out the same concept as that so you build this funnel right over the top of their entrance you make sure they don't have any other entrances seal those all up. And then you wait and you have a hive nearby. Um, some people actually run the funnel into the hive and it comes in a, like a section of the hive through a smaller hole so that the bees go out through the funnel into the new hive box and then out through the entrance of the hive box. And when they do that, they reorient on that entrance and then they'll come back to that hive box but can't get in the funnel. So then you have comb in place in there for them to then go and bring their food stores back to. And the whole thing is basically your your creating a siege situation where you're trying to starve them out and all the foragers keep leaving to go get food and therefore no food is ever coming back in and eventually it creates a situation where hopefully the colony decides that it's no longer a good place to leave and they try to abscond and the queen and the remaining nurse bees then come up and come out the funnel and go into your box now the downside is depending on the time of year if they have a lot of food stores in there they can wait months <laughs> before they actually reach the point of, okay, well, we're out of food, you know, so I guess we should go ahead and try to give up the ghost here and leave. Um, but if they do that, all of the foragers that are out there in that other box, they don't have a queen and they're no longer exposed to the queen pheromone. So therefore, you could wind up with a laying worker situation inside your trap out box long before your queen ever gets there. If it goes beyond 25 to 28 days, then you're looking at a laying worker situation. So they're not always the most favorable thing. Um, usually we do what's called a forced abscond, and that is where you actually bore a hole into the bottom cavity of the tree, wherever the, the colony is down below the colony cavity, and you put in a mix of essential oils, a um, bitter almond extract like the Honey Be Gone or Honey Robber, Honey Bandit, mm-hmm. Be Quick, any of that kind of stuff, and smoke and you use those, you still create a funnel, but that funnel goes out and is attached to your back hose, which comes down to your containment unit. And you sit there and constantly fill that cavity with smoke. The smoke goes up and fills the entire cavity and naturally rises. The bees try to escape the smoke and fumes, so they run up and they go out their original entrance, which now has the funnel on it. And then they go down the funnel until they hit the back hose. 
and the backhoes then pulls them down into the containment unit. That process takes, you know, three to four hours versus three to four weeks or more. Um, and you still may not necessarily get the queen. If you if you smoke them too much or put too many chemicals in there, you can actually kill them. You can put too many fumes and they'll actually suffocate and die. So it can be a trick and there's kind of a finesse to it as well, but trees are not a fun thing at all to do for sure. So if I did the trap out and I say I got, oh, you know, a half of the foragers in three weeks or two thirds of the foragers in three weeks and they have moved into the box and then could I take a frame of eggs from one of the others and put in there with them? Would the foragers make a queen? Yeah, absolutely. As long as they've got food stores, like if that were going to be the case, if you were done with your trap out, you let it go for three weeks, four at the absolute most, but three weeks, and you go through and you look and you still don't have a queen, and you're like, okay, well, we've, we've given it too much time. The you know They need to demo this area. That tree needs to still come down. We've done the best that we can, but I didn't get the queen. You can then take that box, seal it up, take it home. You know, you'd, you'd want to go out there in the evening where everybody's already in there and locked up. Lock them in, take it home, put in a frame that has eggs and larvae in it, and they will absolutely go through and start making a new queen. You'll want to make sure that you feed them during that time because the, the food is going to help them make a healthier queen and make sure that they've got pollen. So if you can take a frame of pollen and a frame of food or a frame of pollen and a frame of brood and then feed them the food, the liquid one-to-one, um, they will raise a queen. It'll take them about 48 hours before you start noticing the beginning of queen cells, emergency mm-hmm. cells on some of the comb. And then, uh, you know, full 10 days for that queen to be capped and ready to emerge. Okay, but it's so, definitely something you could do where you're at least utilizing the foragers to start another colony. And it's kind of the, it's not the best case scenario, but it's better than the alternative of the entire colony itself right, dying out. Right. And so, yeah, well, hopefully the queen will come out and, and, uh, now I'm thinking if I do that, I kind of like the idea of you, a way you said, bring the funnel into the back of the box and let them have to go through the box and then orient orient to the be opening of the box and they're going into the box and, and then they go up into the comb instead yep. of yeah you just you just have to make sure that they can't get back into the funnel that they can get out of the funnel but they can't get back into it that's the big key okay so what would I, then then I would bring the funnel up into the bottom of the box because well i'm gonna have to figure that one out <laughs> yeah that's the tricky part but if you can you can kind of figure out the the dynamics of it and get it to work you should be fine okay because the funnel okay we'll have to do some talking on off of air on that one <laughs> and then we'll talk about it <laughs> <Yeah>. if it works <laughs> there you go so yeah a little bit of engineering in there but you'll be good yeah this is gonna be it's something different i mean that's what's so uh as i was talking about on the on our show the first one that's coming out monday uh there's so much it always keeps you thinking uh okay these bees these little bitty insects they always keep you thinking, and, and now as I've been listening to uh, the the different 
books online. This one's telling how a colony of bees makes a brain, a human brain. And I'm sitting there, these things are getting too smart. They start outsmart me now. And then, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's how you be democracy. That's uh, Tom Seeley's how you be democracy. Yeah. Um, And I don't don't remember the specific quote of it. I don't remember if it's it's neurons or... um, if it's another aspect of the brain, but basically a swarm cluster, which is roughly 10,000 bees, makes up the same amount of neuron connections that the human brain has. Mm -hmm. And we don't look at the individual bee as being intelligent, but they are actually more intelligent than what we think. But what's happening is that individual bee is bringing in a microscopic piece of the puzzle and it then relays that, which is the same thing as the synapses firing and the neurons firing. And it relays its little piece with this other bee's little piece and this other bee's little piece. And when you put them all together, they're able to see a complete picture and make a uniform decision. And every time they make the best decision for their colony based on the circumstances and surrounding. It's amazing. They're so fascinating. And they're just a tiny little insect. Yep. It's crazy. And this time of year, folks, is the time of year to be thinking about swarm traps. I know John says, here we go, talking about them again, but this is the time of year to be thinking of swarm traps. No, it's it's absolutely true because the swarm traps, um, colonies are swarming right and left. Actually, a fun little thing for everybody to see. uh, If you have not found or followed me on Instagram, my actual apiary uh, it's Wicked Bee Apiary. So on Instagram would just be at Wicked Bee Apiary. And the I posted a video out there and some photos that is amazing. And it's something I never thought I would ever see in my life. But I have a client whose colony, um, she, she calls me out to do management services. And she wanted me to come by and check her colony. We hadn't actually looked at it yet uh, since... I want to say like late January, we did the coming out of winter check. And so we were doing like the the first spring check where she had me come out and manage it. And when I got there that day, I was like, "Uh oh, something's wrong. The whole, it's a top bar hive and the whole front of the hive face was covered in bees. When I opened the lid, the bars were covered in bees. And I was like, oh crap, this colony has way too many bees. It's way too big. She had been feeding it all winter long, which she was not supposed to do. And luckily she was in a temperate enough area that it didn't cause any adverse effects. But the colony was ready to go, man. They had drones, they were just booming. And they were in the process of trying to swarm. And they had already tried once and came back. And that's why they were all over the box because the queen couldn't get out. We had one of the entrance discs with the queen excluder on and she couldn't get out. So the swarm left and then came back. And I ended up doing a split out of the colony. I opened up the box. The queen was right there on the hole for the queen excluder trying to get out. And I grabbed her, put her down into a small box, put all the bees in there that I could, shook off all the bees, and then made sure that I left two of the largest queen cells in the colony and called it good. And, you know, took that split and walked away and and took it back out to the farm and and put it into a full-size hive so that it could go and do its stuff. Well, she calls me just this last week, and she's like, oh, my gosh, my neighbors are complaining. There are bees everywhere. They're going in everybody's yard. I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, I said, well, did they leave something sweet out? Is there sugar out there? Like, what happened? And she's like, no, I don't think so, but they're all complaining and they're everywhere. And, and she said, could they be swarming? And I said, well, 
maybe, but if they were swarming, they would ball up. And I was like, so look for a ball of bees and, and, you know, have your neighbors watch for it. But if your neighbors put out something sweet and there's no other food out there right now, there's nothing you can do to stop them. There's no deterring that, you know, once they found it, they're going to tell everybody and it's just going to be chaos until it's gone. And she's like, Oh dear. Okay. Well, she calls me back about 45 minutes later. And she said, there's a ball of bees. There's a big old ball of bees. It's in my small tree in my backyard. And I was like, Oh God. So they, they swarmed again. And what they ended up doing is they did an after swarm. So I left them two queen cells and they built more queen cells that were basically emergency cells or smaller ones that I hadn't seen that they were just starting on. And the first queen that came out took a secondary swarm, which we call an after swarm, and she went ahead and left with them. And then they balled up in the tree and I was like, oh man, so I have to go back to the same place and catch a second swarm that was honestly bigger than the split that I took out of it. It was huge. And it was bigger than your packages. It was probably about both packages put together. Like, I mean, it was this massive Mm -hmm. thing of bees. And I knocked them all down inside of a nuke box. They filled the entire nuke box up just with bees. And I was like, oh God. So I put the lid on it. And then she's like, well, check my colony and make sure they're doing okay. So I'm going through the top bar, making sure that there is still actually a queen inside there because she was really worried, you know, I already took the mother queen and now here the virgin queen has left, you know, so there, there hopefully will be a queen in there. And that's when I found the additional queen cells and some additional swarm cells. And the queen, the new virgin queen was in the process of actively stinging and killing the queens inside the wow. queen cells. And I caught it on video. Wow. So there's actually a video of me holding the comb upside down. You can see the, the worker bees are all over her but she's curled up really tight in this really sharp C and she has bored a hole in the side of the swarm cell and she is stinging that queen inside that cell to death. And it was, it's something that we, you know, we talk about it, we teach it, you hear about it education wise, but I never once thought I would ever see it in real life personally myself, let alone be able to catch it on video. So if you guys want to see that video, go out to either Instagram or Facebook and look up wicked bee apiary and you should see that video and then there's also some still photos of it but it was phenomenal it was something that i i I, again i never thought i would ever see something like that well you know on that note also last year when i was in that big swarm you know did did, i wish i'd have videoed that i I never even thought about it i took still pictures of the big beard where they bearded on that top bar uh that barrel yeah the barrel yeah and that was 50,000, 60,000 bees, but standing there, uh, my wife was, get out of there, get out of there, they're going to they're gonna sting you. I said, no, they're not stinging, they're not even worried about me, they're sitting there thumping me and flying all around me, but they were, you know, it was a bee tornado is what it was, and I was standing right in the yep. middle of it looking up, and it was just, wow, look at this, and it was just something i mean when you catch a swarm it makes you feel yep i'm ahead of these they're my bees now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah swarms are amazing they they look terrifying but they are the most docile they'll ever be and you go through and stand in the middle of one of them and it is it's like chaos it's a hurricane or a tornado Mm -hmm. and it's loud and they're just going everywhere uh, but they're not paying any attention to you. They're, nope. they're trying to follow the other scout bees and, and get to either the place where they're going to ball up and create the bivouac or, you know, go over to the actual new home and, and funnel into that. But 
They're awesome. It's, it's an amazing thing. And this is absolutely the time of year that you can catch them. And when I caught this one, we knew it was brand new. We knew it just came from the colony. So we call that a wet swarm or a fresh swarm. And I was able to walk up to it. I didn't even have my hood on. I just walked up to it and put the container completely up around them, tapped on the branch, and they all just came off in one big clump down into the container. Wow. And I just put the lid on it. They didn't even try. They started to kind of crawl up the sides a little bit, but they didn't even try to fly. And I was right there where I was standing level on the ground. I didn't have to worry too much about anything. Knocked them down in it, put the lid on it, set it over on the side. Then I put my hood on, got the smoker lit, and went out there and did the inspection on the colony. And... Um, you know, it was it was a perfect scenario, but of course, all the neighbors were freaking out because there were bees everywhere. <laughs> now, uh, at that, you then took those bees and put them in a box and in a in yep. a, a hive. Yeah, I did. And with them still full of everything, they went to making wax instantly. Damn near, excuse me. Yeah, they start drawing. They no, no that was fine. They they start drawing comb immediately. Okay, so uh, yeah, we're yeah. Uh, Eric just says we're at thirty. So uh, are we at a place where we can close it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can wrap her up for sure. Uh, so uh, well, it's that time of year, folks. If you're wanting some freebies, <laughs> freebies, yeah, right. Quote unquote. Yeah. Quote unquote freebies. <laughs> Put so, the work into it, and you can get your freebies. <laughs> yeah, you can. You're gonna put a. Me and Max have made somewhere around 26 traps. Now I've made some traps out of some 10 frame and some 8 frame bird boxes, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, all the boxes so, you had. Yeah, yeah. You can make a swarm trap out of, of you know double nuke boxes stacked on top of each other, uh, eight or 10 frame brood boxes. Um, you can build like Max has been specifically building the tall narrow ones mm -hmm. that will hold four or five frames at the top of them and then mm -hmm. just kind of have empty space below it. But there's tons of uh, plans out there. And then you can do like you did last year where, you know, you build a top bar version of them or you go through and you build the barrel ver version of them. Anything that has like a minimum 10 gallon volume is, is perfect. That's kind of what they're looking for. And, you know, hang them up high off the ground. If you can get them at least 10 foot off the ground, that's kind of preferable, but I've had some of them move into stuff. that's just sitting on a table. So it kind of just depends on what's around in the area and, and what they deem is the most accessible or not the most accessible, but the, the most, um, what do I want to say desirable location based right. on all of their options, what fits their specific needs the most and they'll absolutely move into them. So yeah, definitely. If you can, if you want to, you can either put feelers out there and let people in your area know that you're wanting swarms and they'll call you when they find them balled up and you can go, scoop them into a container. You and Max did that last year mm -hmm. out there at Wake Point and went and got some. Yep. And you can do it that way or you can build the traps and hope they come to you and then you can take them from there and install them into another colony. So it works out great. It's it's a wonderful thing. You know you're saving a colony. So folks, just get out there and do what we do and have fun doing it. That's right. It's a good way to try to recoup your your bee colonies at the beginning of a year. And for those of you going into Australia, going into winter, um, you know, food for thought for next year, spend the winter building some swarm traps. And then, uh, when spring rolls around for you guys, you'll be ready to go and you can get them out there. Yep. And, uh, John's probably going, <laughs> I like swarm commander, John. 
<laughs> yeah, you do. As, as you like, like to wear it. You <laughs> like to smell it. You use it in your truck like an air freshener hanging yeah. from your dash, you know. It works. Max and I were joking. We were going to get you the, the silicone, the big silicone disc that actually has a hanging tab. Mm-hmm. And we were going to give it to you so you could just hang it from your rear mirror like a little truck fragrancer. <laughs> that truck smells like a big old bee. <laughs> Queen bee. Yeah. <laughs> so? Oh, guys. When it comes down to it sometimes, the, the lesson is don't be like Ken. <laughs> or be like me and buy everything and uh, have everything and, and yeah. And if you see more, go to studying it, too. But what That's did I do the true. other day? I didn't buy something. You Oh, my gosh, that is true. That's a great note to end on. Ken had self-restraint. He found a, what, like 60-frame extractor. 40-frame. 40 40 it was a 40-frame 40 40 yeah. extractor. Uh, it was actually Jacob had actually sent us the photo yep. and said, hey, pass this over to Ken. And it was somebody in Texas that was selling a 40-frame extractor. It was an old extractor, mm-hmm. and it looked like it had a motor and a belt drive on it. And you found out after the fact it was an old hand crank that mm-hmm. they had converted to a motor. And they were selling pallets. They were selling covers, all this stuff. And they were selling it in one bulk lot. And Ken called him and had a little quick conversation with him, and, and he actually decided – not to take it he didn't take the bait he didn't bite and uh i was very proud of him for actually having that self-constraint there (laughs) self-restraint but i I did buy 25 telescoping lids for eight frame i bought 25 uh inner covers and i bought 25 queen excluder for eight frame so i I, it's not all self-extract and i don't have that money yeah, I have that many boxes. <laughs> See, you, you you, just went and run it. We were ending on a high note. Ken had done a good deed, and then you just turned around and, and, and disqualified it. <laughs> I did a good deed. You discredited it all. <laughs> we're just going to save that many more bees now. Uh, okay, well, that works. I mean, after you do all these splits, you'll have that many colonies anyway. Yeah, a lot more for you to do. <laughs> for me to do. Thanks. That's what I need. More to do. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, on that note, we need to get off of here. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I hope everybody has enjoyed this uh, this trap them out little episode here. And you know, you guys, as we as we've been telling you, you guys stay safe out there. Be kind and conscious, conscientious and courteous to other people, and you know, help out your fellow neighbors. But keep a safe distance. Don't don't get breathed on or coughed on or anything else. And practice your social distancing and uh, everybody be safe out there y'all be safe be happy and uh, family be healthy that's right be healthy and be good we'll talk to you next week see y'all then be good family this hive jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you and we appreciate your support to all our hive jive junkies out there you truly are the bee's knees. <laughs> <laughs>